regular Deeds. what stuff <laughs> he doesn't know how to use the three seashells <laughs> welcome to another epic episode of regular dudes watch stuff i am your host jamie g esquire the fifth the new shepherd in town. Looks like there's a new shepherd in town. That's Sheriff. I'm working on enhancing my calm, but I'm here with Magna Mills and the Soup Deuce to discuss what we've been watching and to talk about one of our favorite 90s flicks ever, Demolition Man. I mean, who is fired up for this, dude? I've been so pumped to do Demolition Man. It's going to be amazing. Mills, when somebody asks you, how did you know the password to the cuffs? What exactly are you thinking in that moment, my dude? Jamie G. Like most of the important decisions in my life, I can only say, I wish I knew. I am Magnum Mills. I am hanging out here doing the thing on Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. Find us wherever you get your pods, on YouTube, on social media, at Dudes Watch Stuff. We're regular dudes. We watch stuff. But again, regular, we forget things sometimes. Much like a person who's just starting out flying planes, they might forget the flaps when they're landing. That's not something you want to do. Follow, like, and please subscribe. Helps people find our show. We appreciate it. Again, if you have fun, just give us that thumb. Takes you a second. Helps other people find the show. And uh, is that the soup deucer I see? Oh, shit. They let anybody on this show. What are you doing here? Well, before we get totally frozen and wind up in a planet Hollywood somewhere, we're going to talk about what we filled our eye holes with recently, and we'll also accept filled ear holes. No problem there whatsoever. So you got two holes you can fill. We try to avoid any spoilers, but please understand, dude, occasionally shit happens. It might come out. So we'll give you a heads up if we enter the danger zone. Soup Deuce, what is up? Are there some holes in this house? Some holes in this house. Some holes in this house. Yeah, I got, I got, I, I got some holes, man, and I've been filling a couple holes, dude. You know, what I mean, filling holes, dude. So air holes, no. You know what? I haven't really been filling the air holes, man. Recently, I just been filling the eye holes. Um, over the past little bit since last uh, episode, man, I've checked out.
Nice, man. For me, I've been filling a couple holes here, and and I got to continue to say Yellow Jackets. I've got two episodes left, and then that's it for season two. It's been a fantastic journey. I really, really, really enjoy the show. Cannot say enough good stuff about it. It's scary. It's entertaining. It's fun. It's it's just wow. Like, holy shit. Like, that's some real shit. It's, it's riveting. It's great television. If you're not watching Yellow Jackets, watch it. I'll also say that I've been continuing my pursuit of Seinfeld and been really enjoying. I just rolled into season eight Seinfeld. I'm telling you, they were on such a run here. Back half of six. Uh, I'm sorry, back half of five, season six, season seven. And then as we start season eight, it's just really good, dude. It's just fantastic uh, television show. I love Seinfeld. I've been really enjoying that. And then last but not least, I did finish up the uh, last couple episodes of the newest season of Rick and Morty. I enjoyed this season a lot. I know there was a bunch of shit out there with with one of the du- Royland or whatever just doing some bad shit as a person, and that sucks. But I did enjoy this last season. I thought it was really good. The writing was good. Had me kind of entertained. They, they've continued to kind of live inside this world where they give you a continuing story, but also, like, it's a story within the story. It's really good. So I enjoyed that last season of Rick and Morty. Magna Mills, what you been up to? Oh, man, this has been a hell of a season of television, I want to point out. Also, I have seen the season two finale of Yellow Jackets. I enjoyed it very much, and I think we're probably going to do full episodic coverage of this next year for season three. Very excited to talk about it with y'all and Jamie G when he finishes that up. But we're going to have room to do so because a lot of other shit finished up. Succession just ended. Find out more of our thoughts on that on Suck 10 right here on our YouTube channel on our podcast feed. Also, Barry ended after four seasons. Check out what we thought about that one on the Barry podcast. As far as stuff we haven't really covered, but I've talked about Ted Lasso had their series finale. I enjoyed the series finale. It was basically what I thought it would be. Nothing wrong with that. Really enjoyed the first two seasons of the show, but at some point it's a show that started out as kind of like a, a half hour feel good comedy with some sitcom elements. And it was like a hour long dramedy by the end, nothing wrong with it. But the fact that they, you know, good to have a plan, but they were determined to stick to this three season plan. I'm guessing that was mostly on the part of Jason Sudeikis. So they did it, but it meant they had this really weird third season with like episodes that were too long, but couldn't properly service all the characters. And now they don't even know technically this was the series finale, but they might bring it back without him again. Maybe a minor spoiler there, but everybody knew it was announced as a series finale, but I am not sure that it actually is. Again, it is what it is, but I actually enjoyed the finale, even though I didn't really enjoy the third season overall that much, especially the middle part of it. Been rewatching Justified. It is fucking awesome. Forgot how good it is. Cannot wait for Justified. City Prime Evil drops uh, July 18th on FX. And finally, just uh, been rewatching the Indiana Jones movies. They got the Dial of Destiny coming out this month. I'm hoping it redeems Crystal Skull. Doesn't sound good so far as far as the reviews, but I am hoping. And I really still enjoy the shit out of these flicks. And I will honestly say, you got that first trilogy, the first three Indiana Jones movies. I think everyone will agree they're all good. 
But I think it's the only trilogy like that where I think you can make a legitimate argument, and I've heard people do it, for each one being the best. Again, hoping good stuff for Dial of Destiny. If not, I will be re-watching shit. And I, if I remember right, I think uh, both of y'all Temple of Doom guys, right? Big Temple of Doom guy, 100%. But I also, you can't forget Last Crusade, dude. I, I Like, just the age I was when that came out, Last Crusade was always... So you put Raiders dude. third, then. See, I'm Raiders first. I'm Raiders I would put first Raiders three. third. Two, you know, Temple of Doom 3. I think we've talked about this before on the Joe Blow Show, but uh, Chip, any rank the first three Indiana Jones movies? Well, it's our age, too, right? Because we are of a certain age. When Raiders come out, we weren't young enough to appreciate it. Even Last Crusade is still pretty young. But, you know, and then Last Crusade comes out with Sean Connery and hits you right in the heartstrings right there. You know, for I, I know at least my parents, like, Crusade's their favorite by far. Just because, of, I guess, maybe, you know, the, the time frame of when it was released, maybe. R.I.P. Tina Turner. R.I.P. Tina Turner, and and it's awesome to to be hitting up the eye hole, but we got to show a little love to her ear holes, and we got to give you the fish list. Now, for those of you that are just tuning in, this is a simple concept. Somebody reads two setlets to Mills. One is a real set list from Fish, the greatest band in the history of the world ever, and the other is a fake set list. And then Magna Mills must determine which one is the real fish list. Soup Deuce went last week, so it's Jamie G's time. Magna Mills, I bring to you two fish set lists. You have to decide which one is real. Set list number one. They start off with a legendary monkey on the train. This goes right into The Ocean is Love. Nice spacey jam for a hot minute. Then they break out something they never play. They give you a poster nut bag, and that goes into slow enough for me, but it's a faster version of it. They We then get a 28 minute finger by finger. Dude, 28 minute finger by finger jam. This is already an epic set, we know it. We then get a camel run right into down with disaster. They break out one of the bigs to close out the set. Set list number two. We get a fun opener here. Uh, they don't just go right into the rage sesh. They give you an ass handed. They go ass handed and then they give you a rift. You get a really good rift into a blaze on. The blaze on is stretched probably 16 minutes. So you know it's one of their longer blaze ons. Uh, we then get a, a hairy hood. They break out a big. We get a hood in the spot into makasupa policeman they never play that you get it here you take that reggae vibe of harry hood and you carry it right into makasupa killer time then you get a steam a nice kind of like spaced out steam uh it's always good to get that in there but then they ramp up with a super fast llama i'm talking the fastest llama you get llama you get it really fast 
and then they finish the set with a really deep spacey jam that goes high low high low and finishes rock salad high with a song i heard the ocean sing magnum melts you just heard two legendary fish set lists which is the real fish set list option one or option two I'm going with Setlist 2 because the uh, Mac and Super Police Band is not something you could just make up. <laughs> and Setlist 2 is the right answer. Magnum Mills gets it right tonight. He will be on summer tour this summer. I got a feeling. Catch him on Shakedown. He'll be out there with the three Seashells t-shirts. Ah, man. Can't wait for Fish this summer. That brings us to our featured review for the episode on the last episode soup got tactical and we had to spin the big wheel in the sky kept on turning and once again we got what we needed it landed on demolition man which was my guy i'm the winner here mills go ahead and set me up if you would please I know that you're obviously dying to talk about Sister Act, but I don't want to digress. Let's talk about why I pitched Demolition Man. Guys, for me, this is one of the most quintessential 90s movies. It's also 30 years old. It came out in 1993. We're sitting here in 2023. Holy shit. That's a crazy thing to say, but it's true. We're old. It happened. To me, this this had all the stars. I love the fact that you get this, this evil duel between... Wesley Snipes in his prime with Sylvester Stallone in his prime. And you get this futuristic setting. It was so cutting edge at the time. Great, great, great movie. It just, it had all the nostalgia from the three seashells to the classic one line to the, to all the shit that, that Sandra Bullock, Sandra Bullock became a star in this movie, like legit. Like you really licked that guy's ass. Ticked. I mean, all movies she's doing this. It's fantastic. You gotta love Demolition Man, dude. I mean, what's weird about this one is virtually no soundtrack, but it didn't even need it. It was that good of a movie where they didn't need to enhance any particular scene with music. I love it. I'm so excited to break this one down. Yeah, let's be honest. If you could pitch the future of music, you could make a fuck ton of money. So that's why I think any films set in the future generally tend to shy away because, or they'd use, you know, oldies. Otherwise, what? Like, what could it be? Like, you're just gonna probably look like an asshole. 10 years from now. It is time to set the stage. Let's do this thing, baby. Let's do this thing! This is Demolition Man, directed by Marco Brambilla. Screenplay by Daniel Waters, Robert Raynow, Peter M. Lankoff. Story by Robert Raynow and Peter M. Lankoff. Produced by Joel Silver, Michael Levy, and and Howard Kasachian. Cinematographer, Alex Thompson. Edited by Stuart Barrett. Music by Elliot Goldenthal. Released October 8th, 1993. On a budget that's really hard to pin down, it's estimated to be between $45 million and $77 million, so we're going to go with $57 million. Box office of $159.1 million. Running time of 115 minutes. Starring Sylvester Stallone. Wesley Snipes, Sandra Bullock, and Nigel Hawthorne. The short plot synopsis is, a former police officer is brought out of his suspended animation prison sentence to pursue an old, ultra-violent nemesis who is on the loose in a non-violent future society. 
Well, guys, we'll give a grade to Demolition Man at the end, but let's kick off with our overall thoughts here. This was my guy, and I want to tell you why I love Demolition Man, especially on a rewatch. For me, it's all about the funny moments, man. I love the nostalgia situation in this movie where you got like this character in Sandra Bullock who just like yearns for the 20th century. And it's just like all the 80s and 90s shit uh, that we grew up with. And that's what she's idolizing. And that's what they're chasing kind of the entire movie. The action's fantastic. The whole, they nailed some of the writing. I thought a lot of like kind of cool thought went into this with some of the different shit, like the franchise wars, you know, just all the different stuff that they do here. Um, The three seashells have been epic my entire life. If I, if I'm any, if I'm ever anywhere and someone sells, says, I don't know how to use the three seashells. He, that person is instantly my best friend. That's how important that line is for me. And there's just countless things like that throughout the one-liners in this and the writing is way underrated, holds up really well. And believe it or not, the story was kind of complete enough to where a lot of things were kind of like, huh, is that is that a kind of gap in the in the plot here? It's really covered because it kind of had this broad stroke with some of the plot that I thought worked really well. So it held up for me big time. I guess the thing with Demolition Man, as far as I'm concerned, is I love it. But if someone was like, oh, what's the best part? I would struggle, right? Because there's so many little things that I love about this movie, but there's no one thing where I'm like, oh, Demolition Man has the best X. It's not the best rendition of the future. It's not the funniest. It doesn't have the best action. I don't know. It's that random thing where I think the sum of the parts is greater than that of the individual pieces. I enjoy it for that. I think we talked about this off cam. I've read some interesting comparisons between this and the last action hero, which I think we all enjoy, but it's kind of interesting that despite a similar budget and box office, this is kind of regarded to be a hit for Stallone while last action hero is regarded to be a flop for Arnold. I can still say some of the dialogue. I've seen it that many times. I did not see it in the theater. I was too young, but I do remember renting it from Blockbuster or more accurately, probably, you know, badgering my parents to rent it for me from Blockbuster when it first came out. Uh, Very much enjoyed it there. I I guess the one thing maybe here that surprises me is that this was a little bit of a different performance for Stallone. Like he was, I think, deliberately tongue-in-cheek here. That's not something he had done a ton of, maybe in Rambo 3 a little bit. And it's something he has gone to, I think, a lot in his later career, like post-Expendables maybe. So I think there's a lot of John Spartan in kind of the later career Stallone performances. So I think uh, Demolition Man endures, man. It abides and endures. Any thoughts on the opening scenes before we go into the future? Takes place, opens up, it's 1996. 
LA is a complete disaster. It's an absolute looks like war, like war stricken third world country. Crimes out of control. Police are trying to get through crowds. Everything's being demolished. And then you got this kind of epic fight scene between Simon Phoenix and John Spartan here. And Phoenix is, you know, sniffing drugs and just not really caring, just ready, you know, kind of gives you the feel of what kind of animal and and just bad villain he is. I mean, thoughts on this opening scene? Did you like that it started with just some action like this? Yeah. opening scene shit to me I, I think there's just a couple of highlights here the the one is it sets up Simon Phoenix isn't as good as John Spartan right which is why he's going to need all that extra training he's going to get when he's put out it sets up the thing with the bus passengers I, I love that the dude here is legitimately the exact same lieutenant from Lethal Weapon basically playing the same role here damn it John I'm tired of this demolition man shit you are not supposed to come down here. You are not supposed to attempt the arrest of Phoenix single-handed. And you are not supposed to blow anything up. I like to think that these two movies exist in the same universe. I always love the, the little girl. How can you justify destroying a $7 million mini mall to rescue a girl whose ransom is only $25,000? Fuck you, lady. Good answer. Always love that part. And shout out this explosion. They actually blew up this building. Like, this is actually a real explosion, wow. and you can that tell. Was a, it's a big building. Like, that's why it's been so everything. much time, and they, they show up from so many angles and everything. They negotiated, and they blew it up in a certain way to really basically, you know, make it look cool. It was going to be blown up anyways, but the movie production got the right to do it, and uh, that's why they spent so much time on it. And, uh, you know, movie had a lot of rewrites, but one of the guys said, like, you know, what good is odds if you don't show Kansas? So that was the idea of showing this scene first was to like establish like, oh, this is still things are still this way so that when you get to the future, it's more jarring. And I think it works in that aspect. If you woke up in the future, you'd have a couple of top priorities, right? I mean, you'd have to, including using the bathroom right off the top. Let's start with the uh, with, with just what the deal with the proverbial elephant in the room. We got to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy that you're happy, but the place where you're supposed to have the toilet paper, you got this little shelf with three seashells on it. <laughs> he doesn't know how to use the three seashells. The three seashells in the restroom. Give your thoughts on this. I, I'll kick us off. For the longest time, I struggled, but I think it's I think it's like a like a faucet bidet system is the only thing I can think of um, that cleans off you know, all the different things that you do in the bathroom. I, I don't know. That's my best guess, man. So the control system for a modern, you know, what South Park would call a Japanese toilet. I think that is what we always came up with, like bidet controls. 
as far as the actual movie, like dude just said, one of the writers, someone called him and said they needed like a gag or whatever. And he was in a bathroom and there was a, like a bag of seashells. And he was like, well, there's seashells here. Like, oh, we'll make that work. So they never had an actual answer. And when Stallone was asked, he said he, he always thought like use them like chopsticks basically to like seashells your butt. And yeah, I don't, I don't know how, and then how do you clean them? Whatever. So I don't soup. Do you have any other ideas? I might have one, but it's uh, it's tough to come up. How you? That's good soup. Yeah, it could be more complex than that. I would like the idea that maybe you had to rub them in a certain way to get different kinds of stream or jying or, or wiping or something. Or maybe to activate like the, the voice or something. Maybe it's voice activated. All right. I have a couple of, let's see, these aren't good, but we'll, we'll try here. All right. So here's the deal. You have to press them in the exact right order. And then the toilet fairy appears, and then she just cleans you up. Like, they're so far in the future, they've invented magic. Other option is that they're just decorative. Because it's the future, and all anybody eats is Taco Bell, they just shit liquid. So, no need for anything else. Well, they serve everything. All restaurants are Taco Bell. They still have, like, shitty restaurants. They're just, you know. All restaurants are Pizza Hut, man. Yeah, well, see, that's the difference. We will get to that when they get there. Uh, the one thing I, I do want to point out is just how much of the kind of longevity and success of this movie do you think is attributed just to the three seashells thing? Like, it's, it's a, a big throwaway deal, line, but it's huge, right? I would it's say huge. at least half of the staying power of this flick is based on this three seashells thing. It, it really is because it's what you remember. And it's well, and it's it's the it's one of five things that you really remember. You know, everyone kind of remember. Like for me, there's like four or five like big things that I'll always remember with this movie. It, this is definitely one of them. It's just so intriguing, right? I think that's the key because it was so random that you're just all right. There's three seashells. It's like uh, if it was a math problem, think about it this way: toilet paper equals seashells. How does that work? There's a part of your brain that breaks. And in, in which way are these two things congruous? Right. That, it has to be legitimately. There's nothing else it can be. Yes. It just should be car wash controls is what it is. Yeah. yeah it, it has to be. I mean, it legitimately cannot. If it's anything else, it's. But that's the key, right? Because they never tell us. If they told us, the answer probably would have been disappointing. It's the fact that they don't right. tell us, and they end the movie on that note. Literally, it's the last line of the movie, right? When the stones walk away, and I'll explain the three seashells to me. Let's be honest, man. He gets all those uh, tickets. You can't wipe with those unless you're going to spend, like, hours crumpling, 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 crumpling.
Thanks a lot, you shit. Demolition Man took some swings at the future and kind of given us a look at what it might be like. What's one thing from the movie that you're happy came true or that you're still hoping will maybe come to fruition? They fucking nailed tablets, right? Voice assistants. You, you get not the first people to do so. All the in-car shit, some of the displays, if you look as far as this. And the self-drive shit, dude. I mean, that's the displays, the self-drives, the, the talk, right? Talk to text, you know, the whole Alexa thing. Like, the, they, they nailed all of it. This is 1993, guys. I mean, this that's early on for some of this shit cops are incredibly like relying on technology now widening inequality gap uh nostalgia for the past is an escape and uh taco bell trying to go high class we've seen all that shit happen Hey, pal, I've seen the future. You know what it is? It's a 47-year-old virgin sitting around in his beige pajamas, drinking a banana broccoli shake, singing, I'm an Oscar Mayer wiener. Another one of the scenes that I'll always remember, for better or worse, is the weird sex scene. And let's talk about it. Like, like would you, would you want to bang wearing the headset, even though it was supposed to be more intense? Like, like Or would you want to go the old-fashioned way? Like... <laughs> That's good soup! I guess on the other side of the coin, what's the worst call Demolition Man made when it comes to the future? Like, what do you hate the most? Is it the fact that salt's illegal because it's bad for you? Like, what's 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 really grinding your gears? This is unrelated, but I'm still fucking pissed we didn't get hoverboards that from Back to the Future 2. There should, there should be fucking hoverboards. That pisses me off. And uh, glow rods? Highly abusable, right? Way worse than tasers. Then John Spartan just randomly fucking glow rods, dude. And uh, just whatever Associate Bob was doing with his hair, just no. Bad. Yeah, that was a that was a weird haircut. And one thing I didn't like was the damn outfits. I think they really failed on the outfits. I don't know what they tried to do here. It was really bizarre. Wasn't a fan of it at all. Guys, there is one thing I know we can all agree on. Be well, the cock doesn't asshole. The version of the future has an over-the-top number of ridiculous laws. I mentioned salt is illegal. Crazy. Honestly, I'm not really sure what you're actually allowed to do there. I think you just kind of like walk around and say, be well. If we're in charge like Cocteau was, what kind of rules would we implement? Yeah, I just want to point out that you had a, a very sly over-the-top reference. Very nice. And also, we should call this uh, Cocteau in charge. Shout out Charles in charge, but not necessarily Scott Bayo. What a great name Cocteau is, right? I mean, that's solid. Co Toe, it's got a certain ring to it. 
you know, I, and one thing I would do is I would definitely, I think, you know, I could get you all to co-sign and just make a, any New England Patriots paraphernalia, clothing, whatever, just illegal. Can't own it. Can't wear it. Nothing. Would like that. I'm there for that. That's a good one. Soup, any rules, laws you want to implement? <laughs> no dicks allowed, dude. There's no dicks allowed in this party. Uh, that's cool. All right, I I got one. If you gave the dude like his, you know, due, he'd probably say like, "Look, if you get caught listening to the Eagles, you get rendered deaf." Man, come on! I had a rough night, and I hate the fucking Eagles, man. He's more of a credence guy. What law would you do? You're cocktoed and you can do whatever you want. Well, here, I'll, I'll pick one. You know what? Uh, if you refer to yourself in the third person, like you get fined and it keeps going up every time you do it. <laughs> grace period fight, fighting for a grace period you know what i want to fight for you must replace the empty like if you empty the trash you got to put in a new bag you take the last toilet paper got to put it on a new joint you use the last of the milk you got to buy milk or put it on the fucking list otherwise heavy financial penalties i like that dude i'm there for that and one more like if you want to be like a fan of a sports team like a real fan then if you want to be a fan of a different team, you got to be a five-year cooling off period. And if you don't comply with that, you start rooting for a new team in that five years, you have to get a face tattoo of your former favorite team. Ooh, face tattoos are tough, man, but like, I like it, but that's making me hesitate. There might be slight exceptions if you move or something like that, but five years seems fair, right? Like if you want to commit, like be a fan, right? You got to be a real fan. I mean that's a that's a hardcore commitment, dude. I mean that's you gotta all. Yeah, support in. the team, dude. You got to support the team. It's all in. Are you guys hungry? Because if we lived in San Angeles, we'd have limited dining options. Depending on what version you're watching, all restaurants are either Taco Bell or Pizza Hut. Let's do a little FMK. That's right. Fuck Mary Kill with Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, and Rat Burger. Soup, lead us off. I'm going to kill rat burger just cuz like I can't eat rat. Like I'm just sorry. I'm going to I'm going to fuck Pizza Hut and I'm going to marry Taco Bell, baby. I'm going to be getting that that you know, Taco Bell. I'm getting that gordita crunch. Give me all the Taco Bell on the rag, but let me get a little bit of that Pizza Hut strange every here and there. And then nah, rat burger. I want none of you. I was going to say, you know, fuck rat burger. You got to try it once, right? So you, you bang it the one time. You marry Pizza Hut because Dude, pizza. 
pizza. You marry pizza and kill Taco Bell. Dude, Taco Bell, not impressing me lately. Call me when they bring back the 10 for 10. Yeah, that's why I'm down to it. I'll eat rat burgers once. I'll, I'll, I'll fuck it once. All right, dude. He, he's in it for, for the one-time thrill. Maybe he goes back for seconds. We don't know. But we do know that Taco Bell Pizza Hut is the only game in town because they're the only survivors of the franchise wars. Guys, when I say franchise wars, what's the first thing that pops into your head? Very specific for me. It's like celebrity deathmatch but it's like the corporate mascots have to fight each other, you know, like Ronald McDonald uh, fighting the Burger King or whatever, and then winner take all. One dies, and the other guy, his company absorbs the, the loser. That's it. There's no more traditional mergers and acquisitions. This is how all things are handled now, celebrity deathmatch style with mascots. I think that would be fun. Oh, so more for like control within a family, more like trying to control the one family instead of controlling everything. You have like the uh, the McDonald's crew all trying to fight up to kill Ronald. I like that. I like that. Good pitch. Jamie G. I started going into um, franchises of sports and it was like, okay, you've got all the New York franchises from all sports facing off against all the California franchises of all sports. You got, you know, Texas, you got Florida facing each other and you just kind of like get like the best franchise of like all sports. And it's like, you just get like one of each sport that emerges. Uh, that That's, that's kind of where I went. That sounds like coastal war with less steps. Yeah. I probably just need sports, but shout outs, Buffalo bandits winning the NLL. Shout out to you. Uh, that was a little bit of sports action over the weekend. Guys, I think I've got just enough room for dessert here. If only one chain of restaurants was to survive, which would you want it to be? The meat. I'm going more localized fucking Steve's Prince of Steaks, dude. All restaurants are Steve's. That's what I have to go with. I second Steve's Prince of Steaks. I, I would love to be able to get cheesesteaks all day. They can uh, do anything, dude. They, they not only have best cheesesteaks, possibly best fries, and most definitely best Texas Tommy. Shout out to Texas Tommy. Well, you, you will now. That's the point. Everyone gets to enjoy Steve's. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting hungry now, dude. It's uh, a shame they're close already tonight. I'm, I, want yeah, I wish I could get some Steve's. And guys, while we're digesting all that, let's check out Six Degrees of Lebowski for Demolition Man. Magnum Mills.
it's like uh, Drew Hill bought a, a rug for Jeff Bridges. That's the best I can do. I dug Pretty deep. deep. There are no direct connections still. Only takes two degrees to get to the dude himself. We have Sandra Bullock playing Lenina Huxley here. She played Diane Shaver in The Vanishing, where Jeff Bridges played Barney Cousins. Jeff Bridges is the motherfucking dude. So that's it. Two degrees, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, six degrees, a Lebowski easy. Yeah, why not, right? Cost is the main issue. And the main thing is now they, they can't freeze you before you die. So theoretically, we're going to have to be able to revive the dead. But if there's no cost, why the fuck not? I guess maybe if your like, current organs could save somebody, that's probably the only argument against that. That's probably the least realistic part of this movie, that this technology exists, but, like, other people aren't trying to freeze themselves. Right. To, to just... There should be a whole, yeah, dark, like, uh, black market of this where people who are about to die or whatever, like, oh, freeze myself into the future so they can fix me. Right, correct. That's the whole... Well, like you, you're you can't really like you have to. That that's the legal dilemma, right? But you hope that in the future anything is possible. You time your freezes. You're 25. You freeze yourself 10 years. You come back and really you'd be 35, but you're only 25. You live. As long as they don't display my naked ass in uh, Planet Hollywood, I'm good with it. Detective? Listen, I'm sorry about last night. Here, I made this for you. Thank you for the lovely gift. Look, I don't know what you guys put into my cryo slush, but when I thawed out, the first thing I wanted to do was knit. I mean, how come I know what a zipper foot and a shuttle and a hook and bobbin and a petty point is? I can weave a throw rug right now with my eyes closed. If you could learn one new... Best skill, languages. As many as I could learn, both speaking and coding. But realistically... Folding a fitted sheet. I, I think 50 or so years would probably be enough time for me to learn how to do that.
like that a lot, guys. For me, way to wish for infinite wishes, dude. Guys, the movie does a lot of work to set up what the future looks like, including clothing, robes, hats, scarves. They there were some very circular sunglasses, I'll give them that. Their shoulder pads, all of a sudden, uh... Benjamin Bratt's character, Alfredo Garcia, comes out at the end. He's already got the shoulder pads, which are like made of old tires and shit. I like the idea that you can wear sleeveless shit under your jacket. So, like, if you're really sweating, you take off your jacket, like, you can really air it out. It's not like you have long sleeve under your jacket, shirtless under the jacket, so vest cut off at the shirt. I, I kind of like that. I think that could be useful. You know, so you're at a wedding or something, you're dancing in a jacket, that's brutal. Like, just taking off the jacket isn't enough. One more positive point. They were, like, five years away from wearing capes, I think. Seinfeld style, right? Like, uh, who is he to be with the guy with the cape? Larry David is actually the guy in the cape, if I remember correctly. He is. That's good soup. R.I.P. Norm McDonald. I just want to shout out Dirty Work and be like, note to self, remind me of a show called Good Cape Weather. That could be something. Good Cape Weather. Some good Cape Weather. And guys, like a lot. I'll just say I thought it was really cool that this is 30 years old and I remember cars from 93 and now I see cars now. They were pretty close here, weren't they? Tell me this isn't. You're not necessarily wrong as far as some of the lines or whatever on the Teslas, but like the little thing like uh, Simon Phoenix deals initially, the little kind of bullet joint, that doesn't really exist. And it seems like the automated driving is taking on more. Again, California, not impossible, but uh, I really did enjoy the, the big final chase scene. I don't think it was great, but the idea that at the end, just the, you know, you get saved by the safety foam, which has now become a real thing. That is a little bit real. And the uh, stone's like, 
the whole car just turned into a giant cannoli and own kill. That line just always killed for me. Yeah, safety foam is definitely a thing. Uh, NASCAR, uh, I think, was the uh, uh, progenitor of it. Yeah, I mean, there's a billion things that don't work in this scene as far as where did they get the gas board underground? How does the elevator come? But honestly, I don't really give a shit because it's just fun. And I think that's maybe one of the most important things of this movie is that it's very self-aware. Even down to like the quips and everything, it just seems to know, it just seems that they knew what type of movie they were making. And it really feels apparent here, even when you know kind of the behind-the-scenes shit where some of the lines you get here about, like, the passengers on the bus and everything are just strictly, like, ADR or overdubs or what have you because of changes they had to make because there were, like, nine people who wrote this script over time. Dennis Leary, right? I'm into freedom of speech and freedom of choice. I'm the kind of guy who likes to sit in a greasy spoon and wonder, gee, should I have the T-bone steak or the jumbo rack of barbecue ribs with the side order of gravy fries? I want high cholesterol. I want to eat bacon and butter and buckets of cheese, okay? I want to smoke a Cuban cigar the size of Cincinnati in a non-smoking section. I want to run through the streets naked with green jello all over my body reading Playboy magazine. Why? Because I suddenly might feel the need to, okay, pal? Yeah, be an asshole, dude. Definitely like the character.
Yeah, he eats a rat burger. He's not happy about it, but he's like, okay, like, all right, it's, it smelled, it smelled good. It tasted good. Maybe I prejudge these people. He ate the whole thing, dude, with a beer, and he needed it. Guys, if you ask me, what is the exact? Least favorite jingle ever, Cars for Kids. Least favorite jingle ever for me, 100%. That's what plays in my personal health. This is the Micro Machine Man presenting the most midget miniature motorcade of Micro Machines. Each one has dramatic details, terrific trim, precision paint job, plus incredible Micro Machine pocket play sets. There's a police station, fire station, restaurant, service station, and more. Perfect pocket portables to take any place. And there are many miniature play sets to play with, and each one comes with its own special edition Micro Machine vehicle and fun, fantastic features that miraculously move. Worst jingle for me. That's a Christmas song. It's not really a jingle, but it's very bad. You're calling it an abomination. You're calling it an abomination. I get it. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Oh, I will substitute for Jamie G, the McDonald's uh, filet fish joint. That also made me want to. Yep, see, that'll make you want to kill yourself real quick. It's up there with the baby shark of it all. Give me back that filet fish. Give me that fish. Give me back that filet fish. Give me that fish. I actually tried to make my own little jingles. We'll see how bad they go, but uh, we'll we'll start with jingle one here, you know, for a Taco Bell. From tacos and nachos to Merlot, Shimp, and Brie. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's Taco Bell for me. <laughs> Number two, I have. There's no need for lotion or touching or motion. It feels like wet velvet. You gotta have a sex helmet. But she gives great helmet. Sex helmet. Also a good uh, metal band name. They mostly speak English in Demolition Man, but sometimes.
Greetings and salutations. I love greetings and salutations, actually. That's all. But this whole, like, non-contact thing, the, this movie actually picked up, like, right when COVID started because of the whole non-touching aspect of it. I do love Enhancer Column. That is one I have used. Enhancer Column. And I I do use going forward. I, I'm surprised. Uh, don't y'all know where Greetings and Salutations comes from? Uh, Spider's Web, dude. Charlotte's Web. Tethers, dude. I feel like JBG has pitched Tethers before. I have pitched Tethers. It's it is. It is also, wow, what a pig, dude. Right? It's been a minute for Charlotte's Web, but I feel like that was, uh, I remember the <laughs> basic concept. Uh, do you think Charlotte calls it a fluid transfer, or is that just webbing? I think it's just webbing, dude. Just a... Whatever inspires Joy Joy feelings, dude. Whatever it takes. And don't call me Shirley. Well, Eddie Vedder saying, don't call me dog. Pretty easy, man. John Spartan's daughter was supposed to play a fairly substantial role in this film. We actually see her a couple times. If you're watching on YouTube, you see her now in the sewer fight. And at the very end, apparently the test audiences were kind of weirded out because John Spartan was trying to sleep with Lena Huxley, who is basically the same age as his daughter, roughly. Any thoughts on the deleted plotline? Like we do here when he wakes up, he mentions her. He mentions her in the car again. Does this uh, do anything for you one way or the other? You didn't need it, right? Ultimately, I think that was the correct decision is they didn't need it. And still definitely, like, Stallone's still probably almost 20 years older than Sandra Bullock at this point, so it's still a little... Yeah. Guys, speaking of the road not traveled, at one point...
Hold it would have been a different flick, I think, but I think it would have actually been pretty awesome, kind of. It might have set those dudes off. If they had done this, maybe they explode then, right? And then they're both still huge instead of having to make a comeback in the well, actually, Seagal's like, you know, making a comeback in Russia, but Van Dam has made a bit of a comeback. Yeah, I'm not opposed to that. And that was Jackie Ch It would have to be way more action heavy, right? Yeah, the You're not wrong. He was still struggling with the English in rush hour when he was doing it years later, so. He's not intimidating, right? Like, he just seems like maybe it's because of how we know him with our past, but he just doesn't seem intimidating. I'm like, even if he kicked some dude's ass in front of me, I'd still be like, oh, you want to have dinner with my grandma? Correct answer is probably Sandra Bullock, but I don't want to hold that uh, against anybody. He gets better writing. Stallone gets better writing. Snipes has to do more heavy lifting with shittier material. Like, I thought they were going to make the whole Simon Says thing like a real running gag where it would come back around at the end or something, and it comes up like two, three times, but it's not anywhere near his major. Like, I assume they named him Simon just to do that Simon Says guy, and it didn't pay off enough. The comedy balance is great, right? Stallone gets a ton of one-liners. You know, Snipes has to make it work a little bit harder. And Lydia Huxley is just hysterical all the way around. And I think that's maybe one of the things that makes us love this as much as we do, you know, as opposed to uh, Assassins. Stallone, Antonio Banderas, is both very good, but I don't think as good as this, right? Because you have that balance of the action and the comedy here. And I think that's the key. And it, it sounds easy, but it's not necessarily easy to implement. But I think it works fucking bananas there.
Let's go blow this guy. Away. Blow this guy away. Whatever. Pretty simple. We each ranked 12 characters from the movie, only criteria being that you rank them from your most favorite to your least favorite, 1 to 12. You can determine them however you please. Let's start at the bottom, work our way up. We had a tie for 11th between Chief George Earl and Dr. Raymond Cocteau. Super and I both had Cocteau at the bottom. Fuck Cocteau. At 10, we have Captain Healy. Number 9. Warden William Smithers. Number eight, Alfredo Garcia. We have a tie at six between Associate Bob and Officer Irwin. At number five, we have Zach Lamb, the older and the younger. At number four, we have Lenina Huxley. And then we have a tie at two between John Spartan and Simon Phoenix. At number one, with a bullet, we have Edgar Friendly. I had him at one. Soup had him at one. Jamie G, you had Edgar Friendly at third. Any thoughts on why you had Edgar Friendly at third and Lenina Huxley at one? And that brings us to Better Than Predator. Mills? All right, man. This is a two-parter. First, we do a direct comparison. On IMDb, Demolition Man is rated 6.7, while Predator is rated 7.8. Personally, I agree with IMDb, but do any of y'all think that Demolition Man is actually better than Predator? Magna Mills, you won't like my answer, but I'm saying yes. Oh, that's fight words, soup deucer. Wow, okay, this is interesting. That brings us to part two, which should also be interesting. I'm going to give you each three Stallone movies and three Wesley Snipes movies, and I'm going to need you to tell me if they have a higher or lower IMDb rating than Demolition Man, which is, again, a 6.7 Demolition Man. Jamie G, going to start with you. Are you ready? Okay. First movie, Blade, higher or lower than Demolition Man? How about Cliffhanger? King of New York. Rambo, which is technically the fourth Rambo movie. Rocky Three. Tommy Gunn is Rocky Five. Rocky Three is uh, Mr. T. And White Man Can't Jump. 
Okay, on to the soup juicer again. All you have to do, I'm going to give you a movie, and you have to tell me if it's rated higher or lower than 6.7. That's what Demolition Man is rated at on IMDb. So, soup juicer, major league, higher or lower than Demolition Man. Next up, New Jack City. And then, Passenger 57. Then, Rambo First Blood Part 2. Rocky 4. And Tango and Cash. All right, uh, cue the violent femmes as I add it up. And we have a final. Jamie G takes it down easily, four to two. He only missed on Cliffhanger, which was lower than Demolition Man, and White Men Can't Jump, which was also lower than Demolition Man. Jamie G, uh, any victory lap or anything, or are you just happy to have watched all these movies? That we've almost done our job, except I would want to point out that the final action sequence has like all the cryo cons, and it's pretty cool, but I want to know about the pros, not the cons. Would you all have any interest in seeing a prequel, reboot, or sequel of Demolition Man? You know, the pros. P-R-O-S, prequel, reboot, or sequel. Any interest? I'm there for a full-on spinoff, but it just explore the world. It doesn't have to have any of these characters. I like the world. JBG? Jamie G, he wants the uh, very specific spinoff on the one chick who uh, video chatted slow naked, despite there not being any sex in this movie. I don't know that it was. Anything else before we move on? I just want to point out, I think you mentioned it before, but all of Sandra Bullock's like mismatched sayings of the past were just totally awesome. All of the fuck-ups were just increasingly better to the, the point at the very end where uh, she's like, take this job and shovel it. And still, you know, it sounds like close enough. I really enjoyed all of those bits. I thought they were great. I don't know if we gave uh, Sandra Bullock enough to so far she was fucking awesome and uh we did miss the uh big final action sequence there was a fight between Sloan and Jesse Ventura we never get it yeah it's actually one of those things that 
they note in the trivia that uh, she, you know, became friends with Rob Schneider, and he was like, "Oh, I don't know about that bus movie you're doing." Worked out okay for her. Lots of words to just say, like, uh, we love Sandra Bullock, still. Away. So you think you're sponge-worthy? Yes, I think I'm sponge-worthy. I think I'm very sponge-worthy. You know you're nuts with these sponges. Run down your case for me again. She said I wasn't sponge-worthy. Wouldn't waste a sponge on me. I. I'm going to give it a, a three-bedroom house with three bathrooms. That means there's three bathrooms, three seashells, nine seashells. Because we're grading this motherfucker on a scale of one to ten seashells. So 9.0 for me. By the seashore? Point five with a dude wife. That's a very super straight. We're trying to get to a movie. You better get going. You don't want to miss one second of that movie. Is it that good? <laughs> it's the best goddamn movie I've ever seen in my life. Oh. Dude hangs dumb. I, I told you. I told you. I don't want to miss that. Thank <laughs> you.
There's a guy who pitched Kill Bill, which took us like a month to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, I am going to spin the wheel and see what the fuck happens. All right, this is not what I expected. This is Tour de Pharmacy. It's a 41-minute HBO movie about all the doping in cycling. A ton of fucking people in this, including Lance Armstrong making fun of himself. I cannot fucking believe all the things the wheel gave me. This was it. It's 41 minutes. It is disgustingly funny. I have no interest in cycling. I laugh my ass off at it. I put it into the wheel as an afterthought, and it came true. So maybe it's meant to be, Jamie G.
Jamie G, you pitched Trailer Park Boys Season 5, Episode 3, The Fucking Way She Goes. I pitched Tour de Pharmacy, a short HBO film. Wasu pitched Mr. Show with Bob and David, Season 3, Episode 3, Oh You Men. We vote in the reverse order in which we nominated. So, Jamie G, you will vote first, followed by myself. And then the soup deucer is potentially, they decide to... You, you kind of had me on the trailer park, boys. I feel like I have to go there, dude. I got to go to Beirut and do a show there. So, Soup Deucer, you are kind of the deciderer. All right, here we go. You ready? Wheel, wheel or bust, Find us wherever you get your pods. Find us on YouTube, on social media, at Dudes Watch Stuff, regular Dudes Watch Stuff. We're regular, and we enjoy that. We're not trained for this. We just enjoy watching stuff, talking about stuff. That's what makes it awesome, right? Thank you again for checking us out. I am Magnet Mills with Jamie G and the Subducer, and uh, we're going to do a thing next time that I am not familiar with. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you guys for checking out Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. We'll see you next week. I think I'm going to like the future. Now that you've demolished everything. But there's just one thing I want to know. Hmm. How's that damn three seashell thing work? Jackson, the train's fast coming. Shout to the wind with the engine.